episode number 11 of Brutal Battle. Yes, still doing these on my own at this point because Rebecca, busy with work and stuff like that, which is good because we should be so lucky to be able to be working during a crazy time like this. Hopefully everyone out there is doing well. So uh, doing this as usual, I'm going to cut it into two and then put it together. So I've got two beers sitting in front of me. And I do have a topic for this one. Um, this is about the anniversary beers. And each year the brewery puts out an anniversary beer. I know a lot of breweries will do that. And the brewery themselves, they focus on what they do best. Well, at least I would say what they do best, which is bourbon barrel aging with their beers. Now, the one I have in front of me is their 2019 anniversary beer because when I'm recording, I don't have access to the 2020. It hasn't come out yet. And this one is called Aesir, and it's a 100% ale aged in bourbon barrels, and it is 16.9% alcohol. No big surprise there because they go big on alcohol level when they're going doing their uh, barrel-aged beers. So... For all these beers, they do something special, uh, and that's the Solera style of barrel aging. Now, for anyone who's not familiar with what Solera style is, I I'm about to explain it, but I am going to apologize if anyone's already familiar with what Solera is. I apologize, just maybe fast forward through this, I don't know. So basically, Solera style is something I think originally started with things such as wine, but it's done for other things like Madeira and all sorts of spirits. And this has been moved recently to, into the craft beer world. And by recently, I mean maybe within the last like 10 plus years. So basically what they do for Solera style is there will be multiple years of a certain beer aging in barrels. And so the first year they'll fill a barrel or a bunch of barrels and then the next year, they'll fill a, a bunch of other barrels with the same thing. And then the next year, they do the same thing. And the next year, they do the same thing. So they have all these different vintages in barrels of the same beer. Now, they usually have a end date for how many years each of the batches will age in mind. And when it hits that, what they'll do is they'll draw beer, in this case beer, but they do it with many spirits, um, they'll draw beer out of the oldest barrel to put into bottles. And when they do that, they don't take all of it. And whatever space is left in there, they will then take some of the beer from the next oldest barrels and move it into the oldest barrels. And then keep going all the way up. So say we're doing it at six years. So they'll draw some beer out of the six-year-old barrels, bottle it up. And then put beer from the five-year-old barrels into the six-year-old barrels to fill them up. And then from the four-year-old barrels into the five-year-old barrels to fill them up. And so on and so on. And then they'll do an entirely new batch. Now, the reason behind the Solera method is to get a product that is very consistent. And from what I've experienced, at least with these Solera-style beers that the brewery's done, they're usually really smooth. Uh, so in this instance, this is it says 100% ale aged in bourbon barrels. It's basically an old style ale, which is you know very nice and malty, which I feel usually lends itself to you know putting a good um, good amount of the bourbon flavor into the beer because uh, it's you know a nice showcase for that type. So I'm going to go into this beer and we'll see if my feelings on it are the same. Uh, one of the things to point out is that. 
Solero-style beers, because there's so much work that goes into them, usually are pretty expensive, and that's no exception with the brewery. Um, but when you can treat yourself like I do every now and then, not often, uh, it is just that. It is a treat. These beers usually taste very good, and like I was saying, they're usually amazingly smooth, deceptively smooth, especially for whatever high ABV they end up being. So let's get into this particular Solera beer. Uh, it looks, I can't see through it. It's pretty dark. Um, it's kind of hazy. There's a, uh, it's very brown with a little bit of orangish around the edges. Not a whole lot of head to it, but the head that's there, large bubbles just kind of hanging out. Oh my gosh. Woo. It, there's so much bourbon on the nose to it, but it smells very, very bright, super malty, <clears throat> obviously. There's a lot of wood character to it. There's a lot of caramel to it, really nice caramel to it. Straight up bourbon type smell. There's, there's like a slight hint of like a chocolatey note, which is interesting. Definitely vanilla at play in there. Just like a really nice woodiness. You can smell the actual, like, malt sweetness in there, but then you also smell that bourbon sweetness. And you do get a little bit of a of a alcohol heat coming through in the nose. So I'm, I'm assuming you'll end up getting it in the flavor as well, but a little bit of raisin at play in there as well. And actually, I feel like there's a little bit of another fruit at play here. Maybe like a very, very faint kind of apricot, which is weird to me. I'm assuming I won't taste that, but I definitely smell that. It's it's weird. But it smells really good. Definitely the most pronounced smells. Obviously the bourbon, obviously the malt sweetness, uh, vanilla, and the caramel. The caramel's very nice in this. So uh, going in for a taste. And I've had this sitting out, like warming up for about a half an hour, maybe a little bit longer than that. So it's not like super cold. Yeah. That's smooth. Mm. So that flavor character is coming off like slightly apple-y. Or the fruit fruit character that I was saying I was getting in the nose is coming off slightly apple-y, but not like a uh, acetaldehyde type apple. It's not like that. It's just a, you know, a little bit fruity apple. I'm getting a lot of wood to this. Now, the caramel, like I was saying, I was smelling a lot of caramel on it. It's actually tasting a little bit more like on the brown sugar side when I'm actually tasting it. I get a good amount of that actual bourbon flavor in there, some nice vanilla to it. But like I'm saying, there's a lot of wood character in there, which is real real nice for me. I like wood character in beers, especially barrel-aged. There is a very strong um, warming sensation in the back of my throat from that 169 alcohol, uh, and when I take a sip, there's a little bit of a burn as it goes down. I'm trying to see, would I guess this to be that high? Maybe not that high, but not too far off. It's not, it's not hiding the alcohol super well, and I'm assuming because it's just, you know, a multi-ale, so there's a lot of the bourbon kind of dominating Hmm. That's good, though. It's a lot smoother than you would think. It's like there are really no 
other than a little bit of that kind of alcohol burn, there's not really any rough edges to the beer. It's very, very smooth. And that's kind of what I was talking about really remembering about the Solera beers, especially from the brewery, is that they just end up being really smooth and nice. Oh, I'm also tasting some of that raisin in there. That's mm. a good beer. Definitely a good beer. Okay. So... I'm going to enjoy finishing that one and sharing it with Rebecca because obviously I'm not drinking it all myself. It is in a 750 milliliter bottle. I cannot do that. Well, I can. I just rightfully choose not to. That'd be a bad choice. Anyway, moving on to the next beer. This is one of these fun uh, stouts where they throw a whole lot into, which I love doing. Also bourbon barrel aged. And it's in a 16 ounce can. And this is their sticky chunk. It is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with marshmallow, cacao, and almonds added. And it's 14% alcohol. And this is done in collaboration with Microphone uh, Brewing. I believe it's Microphone Brewing. Yeah, Microphone Brewing. And if you remember, they did a collaboration with Microphone Brewing, which was their Icky Thump, which is why this is called Sticky Chunk. And the Icky Thump was an imperial stout with coffee, and that's one of the best coffee beers I've ever had in my life. That's high up on my rating list for these episodes. So very excited to get in the stinky, sticky chunk. I almost said stinky, stinky chunk. No. Excited to get in the sticky chunk. Um, wondering if I'll get the marshmallow. Probably it'll be more like a vanilla. And I may very well not get any almond because as you know, if you listen to our podcast enough, whenever we have beers with nuts in them, we usually don't end up perceiving the nuts. So here we go. Excited to try this. I know Rebecca's also excited to try this, so she'll be pretty psyched for when she ends up getting home. All right. I'm assuming it's just going to look like a stout. Yes, it looks like an imperial stout. What do you know? Uh, the head ended up coming out relatively creamy, a lot creamier than I was assuming. So it looks pretty smooth, creamy-ish. Uh, there's a little bit of head kind of sticking around when I swirl it up. A mixture of kind of small, medium, and large bubbles. Ooh, so the smell is a lot more subdued than I thought it was going to be. It definitely smells creamy, though. That's interesting. I'm saying it looks creamy, but it also smells kind of creamy. I'm getting the marshmallow, perceiving that as vanilla. That's definitely coming through. There is a very nice milk chocolate at play in here. I think the milk chocolate and that, like, marshmallow vanilla are the two most prominent um, aromas. Do I get almonds? I don't think so. It's mainly just, like, chocolate vanilla is what I kind of smell. There might be a slight nuttiness in there, and maybe that's part of where the creaminess is coming from because of, like, the proteins from the almonds, but I don't know. I can't really pick it out. If I didn't know what this beer was, I wouldn't be like, oh, there's almonds in there or any nut necessarily. This one's good, though. Let's go in for it. Oh. Oh, my. That is so smooth and so creamy. And, you know, maybe part of my alcohol perception is off because of that 16.9 beer, but I can't really taste that 14% a whole lot. I mean, I would peg this around like 10% maybe. I feel like I'm getting a slight nuttiness in there. It's coming off as kind of, well, 
and I think this was the intention, kind of rocky road ice cream-like, especially with how creamy it is. It's got that nice creaminess. It's very much milk chocolate. You're definitely getting that marshmallow vanilla flavor in there. And I really do feel like I get a nuttiness, much like if I'm eating a Rocky Road ice cream, which, you know, when I was growing up, Rocky Road ice cream was my favorite. Green's Rocky Road ice cream. That was my jam. Hmm. Oh, that beer's really good and dangerous because at 14%, you can put this thing down quite easily. There's so much chocolate. It's like the chocolate is the base of each sip and then just layered on top, much like much like making your own Rocky Road as a sundae, just the chocolate ice cream on the bottom and then just layering on top some marshmallows and then some sprinkled nuts on top of that. The nuts aren't super strong, but I, like I was saying with the aroma, I'm assuming they're adding to kind of that creaminess with the proteins. But yeah, I'm actually tasting a little bit of that nuttiness, so that's totally awesome. This is a very nice beer. Uh, cool. Now on to the third beer. And real quick, apologies because the audio is probably going to sound a little bit different. It may be a little bit more echoey because uh, of the setup. Uh, this is another day I'm recording. I can't go through four of these beers in one sitting by myself. So anyway, since we started this episode with the anniversary beer, that Aesir, uh, I'm throwing in another anniversary beer that they did in 2019. And this one's a blend and it's called Annuel. And I've not had this one before. This is their um, anniversary ale blended with a sour ale. So it says aged in oak and bourbon barrels. And this is also done with the Solera method, which I was talking about. And it says celebrating four years of farmhouse style wild and sour ales. So I think this is kind of a situation where they were like, oh, this is the brewery doing, Acer is the brewery doing their barrel age anniversary. Now this is Brewery Teru doing its own version of an anniversary beer. So once again, blended sour ale and anniversary ale aged in oak and bourbon barrels. Percentage on this is 13.5% alcohol. And this is also a 750 milliliter bottle. Pouring it out, see what it looks like. I'm assuming it's probably going to look like this, the uh, that old ale, most likely. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's very brown. It's got a little bit of an oranginess around the sides. And actually, the head is a little, like, orangey-brown. That's interesting. It's got, like, medium-sized bubbles to the head that's sticking around. Can't see through it or anything like that. So, it's looking pretty darkish. Can't really see through it or anything like that. So, um, yeah, getting to the smell here. You definitely smell that sourness, but there is that kind of old ale smell as well. It is kind of like caramelly. Definitely smell the bourbon as well, like some um, some kind of like oak coming through with that as well. Pretty strong wood note. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, there is an apple type smell in there. It's not like an acetyl aldehyde type apple. It's more of just like a sweeter apple smell. I don't really like that apple smell, but I do like the quick hit of, like, lemon note on there. I'm getting, like, a slight cherry to it as well. And the way that then kind of mixes with that bourbon smell, that wood smell, that caramelly note in there, smells uh, interesting. I'm just hoping that this apple smell uh, isn't presenting a lot in the flavor, but going in. 
Okay, so there is a little bit about that apple, but there's way more of like a cherry note, which is a very nice cherry note in there. And then I am also getting that very specific old ale flavor, which is presenting as, you know, very malty. Like I was saying that caramel, but then there's also a honey note that's going along with the caramel. And it's interesting because this is, you know, a sour and a non-sour blended, but it's interesting because it's like I taste the sour first. I get that lemon, I get the cherries, I get that little bit of apple, and then it transitions to the caramel, the oakiness, and that honey note for the finish. So it's, even though they're blended, it's like it's presenting as two separate beers in the same glass. It's interesting. Hmm. It's very smooth. Well, once again, this is another one of these beers where at 13.5%, it is unbelievably smooth. I would not guess that that's what the alcohol is for this one. That's dangerous. Um, it's also very smooth for having the sourness to it and the bourbon. Like, there's not a whole lot of heat from the bourbon. Although, as I continue to take sips, I get kind of the warming going on in the back of my throat. Um, the warming back of my throat, just letting you know it's there. But the sour is smelling like a, or I'm sorry, tasting like one of those Flemish red ales with that nice cherry to it with the sourness and uh, a lot of oak. So it's kind of like a Flemish red ale blended with that bourbon barrel aged uh, old ale. And um, it's good. It's really well done. I, yeah, I dig that brew. That's a good one. All right, so now I got separate glasses for this, so now I just need to drink some water to rinse. Mm. So that is a good beer. Now the last beer that I have for this one is in a 16-ounce can, and it's going back to Stout. This is the brewery's Sweet Liberty, which is an imperial stout with pineapple and coconut, and it is 9.2% alcohol. Very excited about this one because if anyone remembers that uh, barrel-aged black, or it's always barrel-aged, that Black Tuesday, the Spicy Island one with the pineapple in it, it makes me think about that. And I'm hoping that the way they executed the pineapple in that beer will be similar in this beer. We shall see. Pour some out. I guarantee it just looks like an Imperial Stout. That's my best guess. So yeah. Uh, it's very dark. It looks like an Imperial Stout. The head is very thick, the way it poured out, which may indicate that it's a little over-carbonated, but the, you know, tasting will definitely determine that. It's a very milky, creamy-looking head to it that's very brown. I smell the pineapple. I really do smell the pineapple. That's crazy. Ooh, um... I'm trying to see if I pick out the coconut. It's very, very slight at the end of the nose. I definitely smell that pineapple in there. The coconut's very, very slight, but I think it's getting lost in what's smelling to me like just kind of like creaminess, and it's like a creamy chocolate in there that's then transitioning to like this kind of slight vanilla-type note, and then getting a little coconut. It smells good, though. There's a slight type of salinity on the nose that's a little bit kind of like that soy sauce note that I get from stouts from time to time. It smells good, though. It smells creamy and smooth. Oh. Oh. 
Yeah. Um, I definitely taste the pineapple. I definitely taste the coconut. And they seem like they're on the same level. It's very interesting. So for how much I was smelling the pineapple and not as much smelling the coconut, it's surprising they're on the same level taste-wise. And they're hitting my palate at the same time as well. It's interesting because it's like up front, I'm getting a flavor of chocolate, like a milk chocolate real quick. Then it transitions to that pineapple and coconut hitting at the same time. And then it goes back to that milk chocolate. So it's almost like a piece of candy uh, that has pineapple and coconut inside. And it's just encased in a nice milk chocolate. It's very creamy too. It's very thick and creamy. Yeah. That's a nice beer, and it's very easy and smooth. You know, at 9.2%, it's not high, like super high alcohol, or at least for the, the brewery, it's not high alcohol. Um, you definitely wouldn't know it's 9.2%. Now, part of that could be because I just came from a 13.5%, so I'm not perceiving the alcohol as much. But the way I'm tasting it right now, it's tasting more like a 7, maybe? So, pretty well hidden. But that's good. Hmm. That is good. I like that. All right. Nice. So I got to figure out where am I placing these, <clears throat> excuse me, these beers. I need to take one more quick sip of this annual to figure out where I am with that one. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then one more sip of Sweet Liberty. Also good. Okay. So this is the way I'm going to have to put it for the rankings. So my number four, even though I quite like it, is the Sweet Liberty. That's the Imperial Stout with pineapple and coconut. My number three is going to be the Annuel. Uh, I like that a bit more than the Sweet Liberty. Uh, once again, quite a good beer. That's the Blended Sour Ale and Anniversary Ale aged in oak and bourbon barrels. Then my number two is going to be the Aesir which was the Anniversary Ale, which was 100% ale aged in bourbon barrels, and that was the Solera-style method that we talked about. And then my number one for this episode is the Sticky Chunk, which was the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with marshmallow, cacao, and almonds added, and that's in collaboration with Microphone Brewing. So, that, none of these, I will say, are going to end up cracking my top ten, so I'll just read over the top ten, from this ongoing style or format. Number 10 is the Straight Up So Happens It's Tuesday. Love that beer. Number nine is the Wee Heavy Coconuts, the bourbon barrel-aged Scotch Wee Heavy with toasted coconut, walnuts, and cinnamon. Oh, by the way, So Happens It's Tuesday is just a lesser alcoholic version of Black Tuesday, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, number eight, the Blueberry Pancake Black Tuesday Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with blueberries, maple syrup, and natural flavors. Number seven is 2015 Chocolate Rain. It was aged four years when I tried it in the bottle. That is a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Very good. Number six is the Chocolate Rain, and Rain spelled R-E-I-G-N. That is the double barrel Imperial Stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number five is the Cherry Chocolate Rain, the Imperial Stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and tart cherries. That one was surprising to me. 
Number four is the Samoa Black Tuesday. That's the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut, cacao nibs, vanilla, maple syrup, and graham cracker. Number three, the Island Time. Sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural vanilla flavor. Number two is the Pistachio Vanilla Black Tuesday, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pistachio and vanilla beans. And the number one, I already talked about it on this podcast, or this episode, Spicy Island Black Tuesday, the imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple and habanero peppers. Quite awesome. And I hope they rebrew that one. So, hopefully everyone enjoyed this. Uh, Obviously, I will be doing more of these types of episodes because I have plenty of brewery beers. And I'm just going to drop a hint that in 2021, these Brewery Society beers episodes are going to get a bit different. Um, And by that, I mean they're going to be even more interesting. And you can kind of draw what conclusions you will from that hint. But anyways, everyone, thank you for checking out this episode. And until next time, keep it brutal. I feel so-